That tea bag. Yeah. Is holding on to dear life there. There we go. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Couches and Controllers, or Controls and Couches, whichever way you read it. I'm Full Metal Chicken. And I'm Steph. And, or Steph Afar. And this is episode 22. And the topic for today is, well, as we all mentioned last week, if anyone has listened, uh, bioluminescence. So, yes, so that will be the uh, main topic, topic, main topic of today's. So, uh, what's been cracking? Well, first off, I would like to extend our thanks to two new listeners. We finally um, got, a, finally, I was going to say finally conquered, but then that turns out to be very rude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a listener from Egypt, and we also have someone from Qatar. Yeah, that's cool. So, wow. I yeah. can't comprehend that people from other ends of the world that we've never seen before are listening to our Yeah, so no, voices. thanks for that. So thank you guys. Much appreciated. Glad you're enjoying it. So, uh, yeah, book updates? I'm, um, what do they call it? Book two in the Tomi Adeyemi, who wrote like the biggest um, young adult, new adult book last year, Children of Blood and Bone. Her sequel, which has been delayed four times, technically came out today, but I'm getting it tomorrow because they didn't text me that it came in until like 10 minutes before the store closed today. So I'm re reading slash re-listening to book one at the moment. So that way by tomorrow, when I go in and get the book, I'm caught up and yeah, recapped. Excellent. And I love the book, hence why I um, pre-ordered the, se- the sequel, I guess you could say. Oh, nice. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've um, been reading Apocalypse Cow. That's yeah. cool. So, uh, it's by Michael Logan. Yeah. And, um, so, long story short, it's a, uh, zombie plague. But cows. But news. you know, starts with animals in Britain. And I figured it was funny because something we mentioned, like, about, did we, I think in the past we mentioned foot and mouth disease. Yeah. And, like, bovine and And we're eventually going to go through, like, all of the infectious outbreaks and stuff like that and do series dumb question is that supposed to I don't want to use the word parody but is that supposed to parody um Kurtzfeld Jakob uh sort of it, except it's supposed to be like rabies not like rabies but a plague takes over so it's about a, a journalist called Logan and um oh no sorry no the, the author is Logan but yeah. anyways the there's a character. I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm yeah. not gonna spoil. It. But essentially, this character, so the our protagonist is a survivor of a, you know, zombie cow rampage. So yeah. that's why I thought it was absolutely hilarious. And if you actually look at the front, um, the the actual title says "Apocalypse Cow." Forget the cud, they want blood. So uh, that's actually on the cover and it's hilarious and she's got a picture of this really really angry cow so i thought that was hilarious so that's what is it simpsons episode called apocalypse cow season 19 episode 17 yeah so uh it's rather funny so i figured but massive fan of terry pratchett so anything that's kind of warped and interested it's got a 3.6 star rating on goodreads and honestly unless someone's paying for reviews uh, that's about as good as it gets. Yeah, but if you want to see something that's really funny, watch a movie called Black Sheep. I send you memes from that all the time. I've never watched the movie. Funny. You have. Yes, it is you. hilarious. So, uh, yeah, so... Um, zombie people eating sheep. Yeah, zombie sheep. So, uh, zombie cows. 
Uh, so I've been reading that, but also I was reading a bit more of the uh, Seven Dangerous Wonders. Seven Ancient Wonders series yeah, by so Matt Riley. I got to finish got that. Got one book left. I actually got the audio book for that. You probably get the emails because yeah. it's your account. But I got it uh, today. Yep. I think so. I'll listen to that this weekend, and then I'm all caught up on the series. And I've also been listening to Isaac Asimov's um, "Do Androids Oh Do Electro uh, Do Android uh, Yeah." <laughs> Uh, yeah, not enough caffeine today. Do, um, yeah, do androids dream of electric sheep? So, um, yeah, so that was pretty funny. But gaming wise, I've just been punching out Call of Duty, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, but also World of Tanks. I got back into World of Tanks, so probably your anniversary tank, too. Yeah, I did. It was a uh, super Hellcat, so uh, tank destroyer. Um, so if anyone is interested in tanks i definitely recommend you check out world of tanks it's uh yeah nice rts um i've been playing it for years so well, evidently so essentially uh yeah the super hellcat was uh well also known as the m18 hellcat and uh yeah it's a uh, american tank destroyer from world war ii uh, yeah apparently um it was the fastest u.s tank on the road is it, when you say road, do you mean like paved road or do you mean Any like road. hard road? Oh, As so in like moving, just, yeah, and um, it basically had a higher kill to loss ratio than you know, any other tank or tank destroyer because it's fast. Well, if it's fast, I can imagine by the time someone locks for loads, you're gone. Yeah. Leaving them in your dust. Yeah. Um, I'd also like to plank. Uh, plank. plank. Yep, plank. <sighs> Sorry. Um, plug, not that he needs a plug from us, but uh, Dr. Phil actually has a true crime podcast. And he subsequently like puts it in seasons, so he talks about one case for like five episodes. Um, it's called Mystery and Murder, and it is worth a listen. He do- he's very unbiased, and because I come from like a psychological kind of scientific uni training, I maybe appreciate it a bit more. But if you're a fan of Doctor Phil, I'm not saying that everything Doctor Phil does is great um, or is right, <laughs> but yeah, it would like 9 out of 10 recommend that podcast yeah so, I marathoned in like what day and a half and caught up so it was really good in my personal opinion yeah so, and yeah. um yeah oh also we've been watching The Mandalorian yes uh episode 5 came yes. out this week just gone uh we've filmed this about 5-6 days in advance so by the time this goes out episode 6 will be up and we will have watched that but honestly I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I know you're like one of the big OG Star Wars fans, but at this point, I'm just here for Baby Yoda. Baby, Baby yeah. Yoda. Because the way I see Baby, it now, Baby Yoda. and we could do a whole podcast on this, but the thing is with Star Wars, it's split. In, it is definitely split into two factions, and it's a case of this is why there's arguments even at, at trivia nights. We've been to a few trivia nights, and it's got into arguments. Like real, real big arguments, and a lot of the time it's literally gone with the new canon. So, um, from all for all those listeners out there, I'm original canon. Not so everything now, anything past A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, for me that is the Holy Trilogy. That is old canon. So all the books and comics that stem from that, that is canon for me. 
Um, and as much as you know, I appreciate that there's all these new Star Wars movies coming coming out and everything. Obviously, you know they've got to do it for new generations. I get that completely. However, my brain is kind of concrete set in the old ways, so everything now is extended features. So there are some things that are happening that we sort of look at and go, "What the?" It is very questionable, and I'm not going to talk about it now. It's just a, a mention. But when we wanted to, you know, sort of delve more into the Mandalorian, we will, and I'll bring some of that up. But um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next few episodes. So, um, what was the error? Like, I lost track in this thing um, series when they used parsec as a measurement of time, yeah, instead of distance. Yeah, like in this parsec. Um, and I can't remember which specific episode it was, but I did rewind it. Like, we rewound it and um, played it again, and they referenced, like, a specific amount of parsecs as time yeah. instead of it being the distance, um, like, unit, I guess you could say, like, yeah. scale. And at that point, I was just kind of like, I... Like, I'm not going to be here I came on the Star Wars train when episode 1, 2 and 3 were out right so at that point it had already peaked for lack of a better term um, you've started like we've just started now that Disney Plus is out yeah we're slowly making my way through the original trilogy the holy trilogy if as it were um, and there's so many like continuation errors but I'm not going to tear it apart because to, you know it it's a big thing. It's a big pop culture thing, and it's, I'm not going to sit there. I do it for shits and giggles with you. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like you, like if we were to sit down and watch all five Twilight movies, you would, you know, talk shit like I would talk shit. But you're not going to be disrespectful. But yeah. I understand that there's so much they could make from it. I think they're just being. Yeah. Yeah. Well, essentially, a parsec is a unit of distance yeah. equal to three point two six light years. Light years. Or something. So essentially, one unit on the coordinate scale corresponds to 15 past six. So that's also funny when we had an argument with that. And, and, the, and yeah. then the guy was like, oh, no, it's a unit of measure of time because it's got the word sec in it. And it's like, no, it's distance. Distance, yeah. And so, we lost yeah, the we trivia lost night because... <laughs> yeah. So some really funny things. I would have gotten like the... the, the a jug of lemonade. The prize was like for a jug of beer, but I'm not. I don't drink, so I was gonna ask them to trade for some lemonade, and we lost by one point because yeah. they didn't believe me that it was indeed. Yeah, so that was a yeah. little bit, you know. Oh, well. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so we've been watching uh, the Mandalorian, um, and also we've been going through Star Wars again. Yeah, we're prepping for the new movie. Coming yeah, which out comes out next, next week. week. Oh, nine days. Yeah, seventeen days. So, like but we can talk about that in the next podcast because yeah. that's going to be the big heat. So, uh, yes. Yeah, should probably pre-order tickets. To be honest, yeah, probably should. Would you prefer a morning like uh, eleven thirty? Yeah, I'm thinking session? going morning. So yeah. I'll have to have a look. Do you want an opening day? No, nah, it's going to be flat out. But if we get tickets, it doesn't matter. No, that'd be good because that's when all the crazy people and, show up. thing is. You'll have work, and I don't want people to spoil it for you. So yeah. even if it's just one day where we wake up and relatively early and just go, because kids yeah. will be at school yeah. at that point. We hope. Cause, yeah, because I think school... Fi- what time? They dis- we're in Victoria, if that doesn't... Uh, school holidays. 
So yeah, so I'm half tempted to actually try and order in a real lightsaber. So people who... 21st of... So they finish the day after it comes out, I think, because it comes out on the... Thursday. Is it this Thursday? I thought it was next Thursday. Next Thursday, yeah. Yeah, so uh, kids finish next Friday, being um, the 20th of December. Cool. So not this coming, but the one after. Yeah, so uh, there you go, Baby Baby Yoda Yoda and Star Wars. Now, uh, completely uh, separate to Star Wars, Yes. beverages. Um, What are you drinking first off? Uh, today I'm I'm backing off on the caffeine. Ca- the caffeine. So I'm going for some uh, lemon and ginger. Um, I'm cranking that out, and yeah, some Twinings sleepy time. No, it's Twinings sleep. Uh, chamomile and honey. So yeah, busting yeah. that out. See what happens. But uh, um, beverage wise, we thought we'd go for something a little bit festive. Yeah, festive. Not festive. Festive. <laughs> um, saying which holiday beverage matches your personality. And if you want to do this quiz with us, as always, the link will be in the episode notes. Yeah. Or description, whatever whatever app you use. Yep. Um, so question one. What's your favourite part about the holiday season? A. Spending time with loved ones. B. Fun- wearing funky sweaters. C. The parties. Or D. The snow. Uh, spending time with loved ones. Spending time with loved ones. Well, I've never seen snow. So I'm going to go for snow. Actually... I would like to refute that statement because your mum tells me the story of how it snowed where you guys were. You're from like, I'm not going to say which town because that's triangulating your position and your real identity. Yeah. <laughs> but um, apparently you guys had a white Christmas. Oh uh, yeah, it was like, more like just frost. Like No, it, she said it snowed. Oh, snow it is, but yeah, okay then. So uh, when should stores start playing Christmas music? Never. A week after Thanksgiving, December 1st, a week before Christmas. I reckon... You know how there's Black Friday? Yep. And then there's Saturday? And then I think that Black Friday... Like, after Black Friday is a day. Um, but personally, we... Except for the issue, we've always done everything December 1st. So I'm going to go December 1st. I'm thinking I'm going to err on never because yeah. I'm fed up. <laughs> I knew you were going there. I'm fed up with Mariah Carey. I really am. How, how, you know what? Just while we're here, how much does she make in royalties? Royalties or in in ice products? No. It would have to be, like how much Beskar would she get for her radio, radio, you know? Well, it's like one of the, when you type in how much does, it comes up. Apparently she's, I don't know. Yeah. Now, just to, if, between nineteen ninety four and two thousand thirteen, so for twenty years, she made fifty million fifty million bucks in royalties. So twenty years divided by fifty, that's almost that's, that's over a mil, or a little over a million every year. Yeah. So okay. that's a lot. Sorry. Anyways, so do you prefer to give or receive presents? Uh, neither, both. Receive, give, 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 give. I'm both. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. I feel really weird when people give me presents. Like I feel like no matter what I do, I can't express how grateful I am. And I don't like it when people look at me. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Now, the next one is choose the cutest holiday animal. Now, they haven't really given words. It's more let's describe them to you. So there's, so there's like this baby labradoodle pup with a Christmas Santa hat, Santa hat yeah. right? Then there's like a what do they call them? It's not a tortoiseshell. It's not a tortoiseshell baby. That's uh, a, like a not a calico, but it's like a baby, baby Maine Coon before it gets its fluff. Yeah. So. Like a baby rag dog crossed with a Maine Coon. Then you've got a Russian blue in some tinsel. 
where it looks like it's seen some shit. Yeah, some... Um... And then it's a baby... Uh, a, if you hold your mouse on the dog, it's a French bulldog puppy in wearing a Santa hat. Yeah, short, fur, grey cat. It's a blue Russian. And I'm going to go for the puppy. Woman long... carrying kitten. Yeah, I'm going to go for the first one, which is the long-coated white puppy wearing Santa hat. I'm going the uh, destructive kitty in the tinsel. Of course you would. All right, hit me with what you got. Okay, so I've got eggnog. Oh, how accurate. You're in acquired taste. While some people may not quite get you, the ones who do love you, you're bold, full of flavor, and great to have around. Yeah. Yeah, fam. High five. Yeah. Do it quietly for the headset. Yeah, yeah. I'm an eggnog. <laughs> uh, which is funny because you, you, you stock up yeah, I do. on eggnog. I even make my own. Um, so I'm a hot chocolate. My sweet personality is always comforting to those around me, and my kindness makes people feel warm inside. Yep. Which is like the only hot drink I drink, unless it's a cup of soup, which is all for the salinity. Did you know that the uh, first use of the word nog was in 1693? Um, however, it may also stem from noggin, which is a Middle English term Fed. for a carved wooden mug, which is small, oh. a small carved wooden mug uh, that was used to serve alcohol. However, a British drink was also called an egg flip um, because they did a thing called flipping or rapidly pouring the mixture between two pitches to mix it. There you go, eggnog. Congrats. There you go. Everyone's learned something. I didn't know that. Thanks for that. No worries. All right, you're ready to hit up the weekly news wrap up? Yeah, hit it. Here we go. I tried Drum to roll, take... please. I tried to take make some stories that apparently all didn't save and sync. So just give me two. The first few were there. I'll yeah, yeah. figure out the others. I don't know why they didn't work. Um, because on my end, it says that they're there. Yes. So oh, crap. back this to crap. just quickly while you're doing that, we'll go back to Mariah Carey. And the fact that everyone keeps saying Mariah Carey is thawing out. If Mariah Carey was taken to Bespin and then, you know carbon freeze treated she would not thaw out which would be brilliant i'll just read those two stories that apparently didn't sync properly on my phone if that's all right with you i'm so sorry i don't know why it's saying it's working offline when i'm literally connected to two types of internet (sighs) all right so the first story i wanted to talk about today is something that i saw twending on twitter twending on twitter yep yep and this is so uh, you know how we watched Frozen the other day and yes. Olaf's adventure, yes. Frozen Adventure, came on? Yes. Apparently there was this one scene where he's walking through um, the walking through I think a village or some shit, like a village fair, and he gets a measuring tape from one of the stall owners and he finds out that he's five foot four inches. Yep. And then people bloody panicked because uh well, I first off would like... Because people were panicking and people were making so many memes and therefore trying to figure out if Olaf is indeed 5 foot 4 inches, how tall are the rest? Like, even though they're supposed to be Scandinavians, how bloody tall is this person supposed to be, right? Yeah. Oh, it just seems fantastic. Um, so how tall is Elsa and everyone else, even though they're Scandinavian, like, how tall? So first off, I would like to extend my gratitude to Jessica Mason from The Mary Sue because she... Um, wrote this article and she said well i can still find the google answer that is cited above being the if you type in olaf's height in google it comes up with that um 
the actual page it links to says nothing about Olaf's height. Further, I've rewatched Olaf's Frozen Adventure, where this mythical scene is supposed to happen, and the scene doesn't exist. Uh, she says that maybe it's like if it's written down in a storybook, like a a book that Disney has published, maybe it's referenced there. But like she couldn't find it in the movie short yeah. that people were talking about. And so if indeed that measurement is real and Olaf is really five foot four, uh, they reasoned that Elsa is approximately 11 foot 12 inches or 393.7 centimetres. And then Twitter went off and some people, one person, and then everyone was just reposting it from there saying, to put this into perspective, Thanos from the Marvel Cinematic Universe compared to Elsa is a measly 242 centimetres, right? And then Elsa would have to be 393.7 centimetres. So... My question is, why wasn't Elsa cast as Captain Marvel? Yeah. That is a good point. Or maybe, maybe, they will. But she'll be in the <laughs> X-Men. <laughs> well, they've stuffed up Dark Phoenix. So oh, yeah. You from so bad. All right, so this is another story that I saw on the Tweet Tweet. Um, it's going to be a bit of a journey, but I promise you it's going to be worth it. So this is oh, also just yes, quickly sorry, sorry. interrupt during that movie. There was one scene where I said that you know, oh, that reminds me of Firefly. Dark Phoenix. No, 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 no. Frozen. Frozen. Where Olaf uh, gets impaled on the ice. Oh god! Spoiler alert. Yeah, it's not <laughs> ruin it for kids and. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like let's just say uh, that particular character uh, Olaf got put through the wash. I mean, what? <laughs> this is <laughs> actually no we're not a family channel it's okay we're an explicit yeah. I marked this as explicit so we're alright we're yeah. an adult channel for adults yeah. um, so there's this popular British vlogger and her name is Elle Darby and she was called out by the owner and manager of the Char- uh, sorry, I think it's called the Charleville Lodge Hotel in Dublin Island and he also owns the neighbouring White Moose Cafe right so I don't know if it's like together you know how you might have a bed and breakfast kind of hotel and um, like how hotels you stay at have restaurants and stuff embedded with them and I believe that cafe is called the White Moose Cafe and so on their Facebook page they posted um, a screenshot of an email that they received and it's cropped into two parts and the first part says hi there I hope this email finds you well I'm emailing in regards to a possible collaboration on a social me- on social media my name is and then he's kind of like um, blacked it out redacted it because you know with an iPhone how you take a screenshot and you can use a highlighting tool and a pencil tool? Yeah. He's used a highlighting tool, but he's toned it black yeah. to scrub out her name and her where she's linked, her like her um, YouTube channel. But he hasn't done it in such a way where it's, if you boost your iPhone brightness, yeah. you can still read through it. It's yeah. so transparent. So it's opaque. Yeah, capacity. Yeah, so you can still identify her. And so the email goes on saying, I work as a social media influencer, mainly lifestyle, beauty, and travel-based. At the time she sent the email, she said, I have over 87,000 YouTube subscribers. And she's put her email, sorry, her YouTube link, as well as 76,000 Instagram followers. And then she's put the number that she had there at the time she emailed him. And then the email continues, My partner and I are planning to come to Dublin for an early Valentine's Day weekend from February 8th to 12th to explore the area. 
as I was searching for places to stay, I came across your stunning hotel and would love to feature you in my YouTube videos slash dedicated Instagram stories slash posts to bring traffic to your hotel and recommend others to book up in return for free accommodation. Last year, I worked with Universal Orlando in Florida and it's been amazing for them. Let me know if this is something you'd be interested in doing. I'm looking forward to hearing from you, exclamation mark, smiling emoji. <laughs> and then in a separate post, the owner slash manager posted a statement saying, so he's obviously emailed her, if that makes sense, like in his response, email, his screenshot, his response to her. And I could only get two, like I only wanted to talk about two, but otherwise it's like a whole essay. But the main two parts I wanted to focus on was the first one being, if I let you stay here in return for a feature in your video, who's going to pay for the staff who look after you? Who's going to pay for the housekeepers who clean your room, the waiters who serve you breakfast, the receptionist who checks you in? Who's going to pay for the light and heat you use during your stay, the laundering of your bed sheets, the water rates? Maybe I should tell my staff that they will be featured in your video in lieu of receiving payment for work carried out while you're in residence. Lucky for us, we too have a significant social media following. And at the time he sent the email, they had 186 thousand followers on their two facebook pages mm. and approximately 80k on their snapchat snapchat sorry 32k on instagram and 12k on their twitter and then he goes but jesus christ i would never in a million years ask anyone for anything for free i also blog a bit and then he also put his like blog address which as far as i'm aware is another way of saying i write stuff on the internet the above stats do not make me any better than anyone else or afford me the right to not pay for something someone else has to pay for. In future, I'd advise you to pay to offer your to pay your way like everyone else. And if the hotel in question believes your coverage will help them, maybe they'll give you a complimentary upgrade to a suite. This would show more self-respect on your part and let's face it, would be less embarrassing for you. Uh, best regards, Paul Stevenson, but the lodge uni uh, sorry the lodge email for the hotel ps the answer is no all right so i went to her social blade for what was current when i was prepping for this on uh two date being the 8th of december uh in the afternoon and at that point in time she had over 325,000 subs on um her social blade Sorry, on her YouTube, but that's what her social blade reported. And she equated to just over 41 million views when I looked. And right now on her channel, she's in the thick of Vlogmas. She runs a very fitness-focused, lifestyle-based, holiday-ish vlogging kind of thing, just looking at her. I, ha I haven't subscribed to her, but I've got it open in a separate tab, if that makes sense. So I want to see what she's about and what she's kind of like as a person. Um, but it's like they're poor because she and her partner announced that they bought their dream house two weeks ago on a video. Yeah. Um, so they're not really struggling. And let me say it's a massive place. Um, so this is where I kind of have a problem and it kind of goes two ways for social media, especially for like YouTube and Instagram being the two primary driving forces because yeah. it's pictures. You can actually see something as opposed to Twitter where it's all just blasting words. Yeah. Uh, it's saturated by whether you want to call them influencers or not being paid to promote products, places, hotels, um, whether it be whatever products, 
anything or to go on a holiday for free or compensatory or whatever. But if this was, let's just talk about it in terms of another big British YouTuber being Zoella. We used to watch her stuff from her Vlogmases years ago. She had two hamsters back in the day in the black pug, remember? Yep. And she, you asked me who she was and she was in the YouTube wrap-up video yeah. we were watching and you're like, oh, who is she? She's not Marcia. When we were watching Mr. Gigi's yep. discussion video and I said, oh, that's Zoella. Yep. That was her. And at the time, I don't know if she still is, but she was the most subscribed British YouTuber. And I want to keep it relative because Al is also a British YouTuber. If it was Zoella who went, or someone else of Zoella's, Zoella's, I don't want to say count, like subscriber count or pull, right? Influencer status. If it was her or her team reaching out to that hotel, would they have treated her the exact same way? I don't think so. If the, she's reaching out to 20 plus million people across all of her social medias, would they have treated her the same way? Right? And yes, I I completely agree it's scummy to try and get a free stay in exchange for what she considers promotion. And the manager had every right to decline her collaboration. But I can tell, like, how much has her channel grown? And how much more traction does his hotel and cafe have? since this has been put out there and if you look at a sub count now well what i screenshotted for you and described compared to what she sent in her initial email like look how much yeah it's you know what i mean it's all just traction and like you've i haven't been but you've been in that situation where people are like because you have a builder's channel like for lego and stuff yeah and people have offered for you to buy what products you want and then they would refund you the money so essentially you get the product for free, if yeah. that makes sense. And all you had to do was do your like two, three hour video yeah. set. Because you and would then, do an unboxing, you would do a build, and then you do a speed build. And yeah. all of that has a review. And then the problem though that I came into was one, because then, well, if you go to my channel and you read the disclaimer and everything, there's Lego, there's official Lego, and then there's knockoff Lego. So... As much as I'm reviewing knockoff Lego, it's purely, a, it's just a review of this is what a build looks like, yeah. speed build, and that's what it is. And How you're not it, getting any money no, from I'm not making any money from it. It's just a hobby. Now, the thing is, I'm not really comfortable with having one of these companies in China coming to me and saying, well, can you, you know, yeah. push this on everyone else? That's not my intention. My intention is just to go, well, okay, I'm building something. This is what it looks like. Now people know this is the difference between an official Lego item and a non. It's, that's the comparison. It's just, it's supposed, it's just trying to be a review. Yeah. You can, you can choose whatever you want to do at the end, but I'm not trying to. You're not saying you must buy this, use my no. code, do this. And I really respect people like I know they have their own bullshit that comes with them, but like you know Tati? Yeah. And <laughs> Jeffree Star and um Simply Now Logical, like they don't get paid for reviews. People approach them and they say, Look, yeah. I would like to remain unbiased. Mm -hmm. If I have a code, um I will only promote companies if they give me like affiliate codes if I actually use and yeah. love said product without the company sending them to me. Yeah. And all this was was just 
me going, ah, oh, this looks interesting. I'm going to investigate it and show what it looks like. At the end of the day, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I, I understand these like the amount of traction these people these are people are getting. Essentially, they are getting traction. I don't get traction. At the end of the day, funnily enough, well, they're two different. Don't kinds put yourself of down. Oh no, but they're two different. They're completely different realms. Completely different. You fields. know what I mean? But the numbers you pull for what you do don't. Put yourself down. Oh, no. You get fat, especially when you were posting something. Because you, for metal, Mike, when you do your videos, you will do your unboxing. So yeah. what it looks like when it's shipped to you, whether yeah. it be Lego, whatever company it is that you purchase with your own money, then you will do a um, a full unpacking yeah. build and commentary as you build, yep. and then your review at the end. And then you have a separate speed build video. So if people just want the build at the end yeah. and the review at the end, and you put your timestamps and everything, that's what you do. Yeah. And so you will put three videos a week. Sometimes, yeah. In thick of it when you had time yeah. and all that kind of thing. And you were pulling... Dude, you had in two weeks what it took me five years to build on my channel. And then what I found is this is the other problem as to why I haven't been doing it for a while, which, mind you... You're getting back into this I'm week. getting back into this week. The thing is, you see the professional channels, they have the setup to actually do the but constant... But you will get that eventually. Oh, yeah. You and know what I mean? You at the moment, everyone has to start somewhere. True. So I'm a, I'm, I'm a very little fish in a yeah. very, very big pond, and I enjoy it. But that's see, that's need... the thing. You do it for you started it as a hobby. You started it for fun. The numbers never meant anything yeah. to you. You were kind of like, hey, I love Leo. I build it. I might as well film myself building it. You and know, then so other people can get enjoyment out of it. Yeah, it's it's just a hobby. That that's it. And at the end of the day, and people actually like interact with you. And see, that's a good thing because at the end of the day, I'm not trying to rip anyone off. At the end of the day. There is, the, the funny thing is... And what I like about you is you never link where you got the exactly, from. Exactly, it's not about that. Because you're never promoting one specific... Unless it's a Lego, like authentic... Yeah. Oh, absolutely, you link Lego. You the Lego website. Yeah, that's where it goes. Um, but you never like actually promote, say that it is it was Lepin or whatever, the Star Winners. Yeah, or You Mega never Blocks actually or... promoted their link. And people would say to you, oh, give me the link you purchased from. And you'd say, look... I won't give you the link per se, but I can, these are the search terms I used yeah, to that's get it. it. That's all you need because at the end of the day, it's this is what's out there. It gives people an idea of what is out there, yeah. but at the end of the day, I'm not here to fleece people. At the end no, of the day, sure. if people want to listen to us, they listen to us. We're not going to force them to listen to us. And at the end of the day, we're not going to do something like what they have done. No, Ellie Darby. Sure. What she has done is essentially product placement and done it in a way that has generated traction. Essentially, we had a, well, I had a similar one. Well, not, sorry, I won't say similar. I had something happen where my account got fragged in the sense that someone played funny buggers yeah. and shut my channel down for two months because supposedly I was generating revenue because of advertisements now what i actually found out and i did some research and what people can actually do on the smaller channels is what they do is they can keep fragging your advertisements and it makes it look as though you're doing it because it's unrealistic Mm. so someone fragged my account for two months and you couldn't access his you couldn't access even to watch i couldn't do anything shut down for two months now 
At the end of the day... And we know who this guy... And this guy was so stupid because you got the email. Yeah. Because he left a comment before he did it and he told you exactly what he was going to do. Exactly. And so the email was sent... Because you know how when someone writes a YouTube... If, yeah. If you don't have a YouTube channel, um, basically, if anyone posts on your video or whatever in a comment or private... Me- you used to be able to private message someone through YouTube. So this asshole. Like, I get that because not everyone's going to like the content you put out. True. And that's fair enough, yeah. right? Bell curve. So this guy posted on your video yeah and then he sent you what used to be a private messenger service yeah through so your I got YouTube PM'd. channel and he told you exactly what he was doing and this fucking dickhead and we're not going to say who this no. person is because they don't get any traction at all no, at the end of the day they, they actually shut their channel down. Yeah, not because their you channel. did anything they just happened yeah, to cancel this person probably someone else reported them absolutely to be honest because at the end of the day it's you trying to get into a community of people who there, there are people who I've talked to who yeah. are hardcore official Lego builders. Now, yeah. they've PM'd me. And they've said, they've spoken to up. me. This is fantastic. Keep going because yeah. at the end of the day, I'm not one of the ones that are pushing it. I'm just yeah. saying this is what's going on. Yeah. And I completely, I'm not trying to clickbait. I'm not trying to oh, no, drive track. Like drive. What traction. you say is you tell it like it is. And so this moron. He emailed you. He PM'd you through what you when you used to yeah. be able to, you know, privately email someone through YouTube. And this fucking idiot, yeah. his real name came, came up. up. Yeah. And so we found out where this kid went to school. I found his mother. And this kid happened to be, what, 15, 16 15, years old? 15, 16. So I sent, because I'm that petty bitch, I sent his mother on her Facebook page because his mother was listed in the email, yeah. sorry, in his profile, like family members. No one puts privacy settings on. No. And I sent her a private message and I sent her all the screenshots of everything and she, like, schooled her son. <laughs> and this reminds me of that guy when, I'm not saying it's great, but I have a, like, really shitty booktube. Ch- I used to, up until a year ago, where I used to, like, review books and talk about books and stuff again. Which you I haven't had time. Into, I'll get yeah. back into it eventually. And I reviewed. It was part of a laugh, and also just because at the time, not to say I love this series, but I liked it. And it was a Fifty Shades book four. Yeah, I remember that. You got five. slammed yeah. hard. And but also, book too. Book four came out, and I shit my pants, and I got so much hate for it. You did. And then when book five came out, which is book two told from Christian's perspective, so book four is part one told from his perspective, book four, book five is part two told from his perspective, and book two came out, and I was like, you know what? And I actually said in the video, I'm not taking any shit this year. If you talk shit to me or to anyone else who's commenting on my video who wants to actually have a stupid discussion. Like, we're actually breaking it down, talking about yeah. how shit it was. Yeah. And continue with errors and everything like that. And I said in the video, if you're going to talk shit, I will block you and I will report you. Yeah. And then this dumb idiot used his uni email. Sorry. So he had a YouTube channel, but it was registered to his uni email. Yeah. And he went off and he tore me apart and he called me some really fucking hardcore shit. I pissed myself laughing. I screenshot his comment. I reported him to YouTube. YouTube shut him down and said, look, you know, would you like us to proceed this further? And I thought, you know what, no. So I went to, um, I found him because he had his name. I emailed everyone in his school, literally the deans. The, um, what else do they call them? I Chancellors. Be, yeah. The, the email chain was 400 people long. Because he really... He went re- off. He went and off. I was like, if that's It was extremely defamatory. Yeah. There's crossing the line, and then there's crossing a line, painting another line, and then crossing that. It's... 
And I had I had time. And you had to do what you did because it, he didn't just do it to you. He actually went And he on was going to other people. And had, that's like, what other pissed web pages, me off. Yeah. Like to actual people who had no idea who I was. They had no right to yeah. be... Her, he had no right to harass them thinking they had anything to do with me. I'm sorry, I've just seen a spider above your head. And um, then, please excuse me, I'll just get a tissue. So he had no right to go to them and think that they had anything to do with me and put them down because I wanted to read some stupid fucking shit for four hours in one afternoon. Yeah. And then make a fucking 30-minute video about how shit I actually thought it was. And he went off at people and I've gone, I don't care. Yeah. And then so the Chancellor got back to me and said, we're launching an investigation. And then they sent me something back. And to be honest, it's still sitting in my inbox. I never, like, they got rid of him but, or whatever. But you know the funny thing? This is the funny thing. And going back to, you know, looking at Social Blade and seeing what Ellie Darby has done. Yeah. And the way people have generated their own traction. Um, we're not big enough to generate traction like that. At the end of the day, we just enjoy doing this. Yeah. So it starts we, as a hobby. It's a hobby. So at the end of the day... While these people would have their channels shut down and that would directly impact their income, that could shut yeah, down lots of sure. things. At the end of the day, we're just doing this as shits and giggles. This is a hobby. But that's what but YouTube mark was my words to be. And mark your words, there are people out there who have crossed that line and haven't realised that we're not kids. We we're are adults. trying to keep, you know, people entertained. This is entertainment. We do this because we enjoy it. We do this Ultimately, to have a laugh. It's a hobby. It's a for hobby. Us. So at the end of the day, for the certain few that if work we end in up that make up, if we end up end making the- money, whether it be tomorrow, next year, five or ten years from now, or we decide to quit next week, yeah, it was fun while we did it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's all that matters. And see, the thing about building blocks, building blocks does take money to do. Talking, talking doesn't. About kits, yeah. But, so yeah. in that sense, sure. And time, it does take a lot of time. I mean, at the end of the day, to go say... editing something that may be in upwards of six or seven hours long, depending on the kit that you have. And some some kits, there's one kit that I'm looking to start soon. It's about 15,500 pieces. Now, it comes down to me doing... If, once you start breaking down the editing for stop motion, if because stop motion, take you know, frame by frame, I, I frame by frame it. So that is... Time-consuming. Time-consuming. And there are... You know, I get a lot of feedback, which I try and act on and incorporate it because at the end of the day, you, the, the viewer, you, the, the listener... May have a better idea. May have a better idea, idea than us, of, uh, naturally, and we appreciate that. So we want engagement with our audience. Criticism, you know? Exactly. Constructive criti- criticism. Because at the end of the day, I don't care if someone calls me, you know, X, Y, Z. I, it doesn't bother me at all. Really don't care. At the end of the day, however... If someone is going to go and defame people, whether you know, it be us or other people, other people, no, that's 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 not acceptable. If if they're doing that to generate their own kind of traction for their own accounts and then posting things they've sent us or you, the audience, then that is crossing the line. That is and, not acceptable. And kids, do yourself a favor. I don't care how safe you think you are. Use an email. That yes, you have to plug in your actual personal phone number, but don't use your actual real name no, as don't. your email address because someone can do anything. Someone can post something stupid about you, and anyone can take any freaking random photo of you that you have no idea about, and you should never have to deal with that to begin no. with. And, and anyone can do anything with a picture of you or your name. 
or you know someone can hack your account and cause something and catfish you know yeah. catfishing now in australia catfishing isn't a massive thing but in america for it's instance massive. it's massive so um you know if like and there's also a topic if uh, anyone would like us to discuss um catfishing and like baiting and, and yeah to yeah. you know when let us know feel free to shoot us a pm um you know, let us know. I don't... I haven't experienced it too much on my... I have had, like, friends or the scam emails, baits and fish mm. stuff. I get a lot of that. But I feel like... I think a lot of it now primarily is, like, I don't chat to people online unless I know the person. Yeah. Well, probably, you know, we do get the occasional person ringing up saying that we know we own the tax, you know, oh, department. Oh, IRS. Oh, so that, funny, know. though. If there was that one person who did ring us up and say that, you know, we owed X and blah, blah, blah from uh, the tax department, thanks, because, you know, we had something that the tax department did actually owe us, so thank you very much for that, because we ended up contacting the ATO, and we found out that, that they the owed ATO you a lot owed of money. us. So thank <laughs> you for that. They did, in fact, owe us money, but it wasn't you. Um, so, but she's... But cheers. Thanks. Um, right, I better get this one. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. I. Now, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no. Back to Ellie Darby. And I What's your take on it? I think it's bullshit. Like, if, honestly. If the, if the place had asked her and contacted her, fair enough. Like, yes, she had a right to... Here's what she should have done. She should have said, look, I have a YouTube channel. This is me. Is it okay if I film on your premises? Yeah. And if she's a big enough person, or the pers- the owner would be like, my kids watch you. I watch you, my wife watches you, my husband yeah. watches you, whatever. And they went out of their way to say, you know what? It's comped. Yeah. Fucking go, girl, boy, whatever. Yeah. But you don't go out there being like, no. This is it. I want Give it for me. free. No. 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 But also, talking about things that are like relatively shit, uh, this is, yeah, sad. Holden is retiring the Commodore after 41 years. So. Um, those of you out there who are familiar with the Australian car industry... Commodore, sorry, Holdens, uh, for anyone who's not of the Southern Hemisphere, uh, it's your Chevys. So mm, in Australia, yeah. we call it Holden. We call it Holden. Um, Ford is Ford, but we have Holden where you guys have Chevy. And yeah. it's literally the exact same. It's the... It's exactly the same, except the badge is different. Yep. <laughs> it's, yeah, and it's actually a meme in Australia to actually remove your Holden logo, like, yeah. Logo and put the Chevy yeah. on there instead. And people actually do that for the um, Camaros. Yeah. That's so. the only one in Australia that is acceptable to do and no one will judge you. Yeah. But other people do it for other cars and everyone yeah. laughs. Yeah, it's rather funny. But, but uh, the uh, Holden Commodore was actually manufactured here in Australia. Um, and they switched from, that off a few years ago. Yeah, 1978 to 2017, in case anyone was interested. And uh, If anyone's wondering, like, this is the... It's one of two Aussie cars. Yeah. Holden, right. Ford, Bathurst, this is what... That, it's our uh, Ford versus Ferrari exactly. in Australia. So that's it. It's, you know... We don't have... We have GM here, but it's yeah, considered so a little different. But um, it's one of the two... If you're an Aussie and you're a tradie or whatever, Toyota's picking up, but it's either... If you're Aussie, Aussie, true blue, it's either Holden or Ford. And you pick one. And yep. it's not both. And it's really serious because a family will be one car for generations. And this is like the first time they're cutting it off in 41 years. So exclusively, they're just going to be doing SUVs, so special utility vehicles and utes now. Yeah. Fuck, there goes my... I wonder if that means that they're cutting all sedans, though. Like, does that mean they're still cutting the Senator, the Club Sport? All gone. 
But because no. club sport's technically not a Commodore. No, it's all Holden. So essentially what's going to be coming out now are just SUVs and Utes. And now here's, what SUVs does Holden have? They have the, the Colorado, right? Yeah. But here's the scary thing. Isuzu outsells Holden with just two vehicles. Yeah. They have the vans. An SUV and a ute. It's all about SUVs and utes. That's really nice. So essentially... If what, it's business savvy, do it. But it's so bad now that Holden dealerships and Ford dealerships... Are punching. Are punching out other... Um, I guess they're cars. making it the loss. Yeah, and well, like Toyota, like loss. Toyota is making a like Toyota Suzuki. They're huge. If I wanted a Ute, or like I reckon I'd get a truck. So like what the US considers a truck, right? Yeah. But I would get like a. I like the Toyota Hiluxes because they're safer. Yeah. They're better. F- uh, fuel economy and it's not like the Holdens where or the Fords where you, the back seat is like flat hard back if you get in a twin cab so I like the Hiluxes yeah I remember honest. one of my mates uh, drove a crewman so a lot of especially Aussie farmers yeah. you guys had a no you, know, we, you guys were Ford yeah we were bad. Ford so uh, yeah but um, yeah so Holdens on the way out 41 years now I must and ask then, us poof. is does that mean the Falcons are going yeah because the ford equivalent yep the falcons are going too is that real or yeah the fords and the falcons are going <laughs> the fords and the falcons you know the yeah. falcons and the Commodores. but it's okay because the fords that are left can be found on rusty driveways if they're pulled up in your driveway you'd say oh no, no a, a drug, drug dealer, dealer lives here. here yeah so uh but on the topic of drug dealers and missing cars a chilean military plane carrying 38 people goes missing en route to antarctica do you know that i found out that Antarctica, I'm sorry, to go to Antarctica, you can only travel from a certain amount of places, right? Yeah. And Chile is one of those places. But why is it so chilly? Anyway, uh, so apparently a C-130 Hercules cargo plane departing from Punta Arenas lost communication while flying uh, to the Antarctic Air Base. And this was reported by Chile's Air Force um, carried 17 crew members, 21 passengers. A search and rescue mission is underway. Uh, I checked this about five minutes ago. Nothing new had been reported. So that's yeah. really sad. Sad. Good luck. I yeah. hope they're okay. Yeah, he's hoping. So, yeah. Well, jokes aside, that's a shit scenario. Yeah. yeah. Let's pray and that's it. Yep. All right, let's launch into today's topic. I'm sorry it's taken us so long to get there. Yeah, but also, just quickly. I guess um, so. You know, if there's anybody who has any topic queries, just PM Let us, us. know. Let us know. Let, leave a comment, email us, yeah. fake, uh, all our links, whether you want to contact us individually, we will, whatever your social yeah. media preferences, we're there. We will get back to you. We, we want engagement. We want to, you know, yep. want to you? discuss. So, uh, as mentioned uh, previously on last <laughs> week's episode, um, we're discussing... You, you put in a special request. I put in a special request. And I, I paid out. I put in an Uber. Um, <laughs> so, we're doing bioluminescence. Bioluminescence. That's what I've been saying the yeah. whole week since you asked me. Um, so... Uh, just some quick references before we get started. And just As, quickly, yes, just quickly, because just just because it's bioluminescence, and I, you yeah. know, I enjoy bioluminescence. No, actually, we should Can probably I just do my references yeah, before you, we get started. Yeah, sorry, disclaimer first. Um, before we get started, I want to mention that between us, we have over six degrees, both graduate and undergraduate, in science between us. So we are, I want to say, qualified to yeah, discuss this topic. we are qualified topic. to discuss um, this. We personally, when we live in the lab, use this. Yeah. Um, trend Trace. in biology yeah. pretty much every day. Yeah, every day. Um, 
So I would like to reference Nat Geo for the animal-based information that I didn't know about because I use it for more. We use it for more the biotech side. Uh, good living for locations that show bioluminescence that I'm going to talk about today, and the conversation for some other bioremedial applications of bioluminescence that again I had no idea about until you asked me to yeah. uh, research. It is just really really intriguing. You uh, knew that's why you wanted me to do it, yeah. but I didn't. But also time. feel free to uh, go through nature.com because oh, all the frontline stuff. Yes. And cell yeah, too. Uh, and also nerve. If you're interested in CNS, like central nervous system tissue, yeah. whether it be nerve cells, whatever, glia. Yeah. Beautiful. If you want some stuff, uh, go to my Instagram. I generally post um, kind of on a break at the moment, but in my day-to-day life, uh, you'll check, you can check out on my IG stories. I generally post a lot about my pretty, pretty pictures. I think I have some on my feed. Yeah. Um, I post the ones that I'm most favorite about. So did you have anything to say before I teach you? Um, well, first of all, I was just going to like break it down real simply as an intro saying um, bioluminescence um, is essentially, okay, it's it's complex, but it's simple. But essentially... I, I really broke it down to basics. Yeah. So, I tried to do that. So essentially what we were looking at it, and everyone knows about glowing jellyfish and everything. So mm. think of it this way. There are bio... Don't give away spoilers. Sorry. I'm getting through it. Okay. There are bioluminescent <laughs> organisms... Um, that use or make their own light by mixing chemicals. That is the simplest way of putting it. Now, although bioluminescence uses, you know, the same three broad types of chemicals, um, there's speciational, uh, sorry, species difference between the exact chemicals. So they might be a different colour and have yes. other properties. Yes. We can discuss that if that's what someone wants to hear because we can talk about that and we can, we're can we going to talk about it later on, but I want to just call it right now GFP. If someone wants a podcast topic about GFP... Yeah, we can uh, do a whole podcast. No on. issue. I'll reference it a little bit today and talk about it. But if you want in-depth stuff, again, just be sure to let us know what you're after. Yeah. Um, so you're ready to go? You're buckled up? Yeah. Now, also, just just quickly. So no, he's not buckled. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just quickly. No, 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 no. Just <laughs> doing that. No, fire away. No, go. Okay, what? No, fire away. No, seriously. I'm gonna start it until you say. I will just shoot stereo. I wasn't having a go. Uh, are we? Are we sure that, that I should? Just do it. You sure? Yeah. If I have to repeat something you said, I don't mind. As long as you guys at home don't mind. Just hit it. No, no. Do it. Do it. I'm not gonna talk until you go. No, no, no. It's all good about. No, seriously, please. I don't care how stupid it is, just go. I was just saying that most people would look at um, fireflies as a very good good example example of bioluminescence. Yes, I'm going to say that in about three minutes. Oh, cool, sorry. Oh, good. Buckled up. Back to Stephanie. Buckled up. Arms, legs inside the vehicle at all times. Yes. All right, please stop me if there's something you want to discuss because I don't know what you're thinking until you say something. All right? Yeah. So just pause me when you're ready. Yeah. Um, So to give you the most basic rundown I can in about a couple minutes. First off, biology loves colour. Whether it's a bird's feathering or plumage to attract a mate or a flower trying to attract bees for pollination, ecosystems' life depends on colours. Basically, we've been lectured hundreds of times and I'm going to skip a one-hour lecture breakdown on how this shit works. So I'm going to give you a 1.5-minute crash course. Do it. Uh, Say that I'm looking at a blue mug. I'm looking at your white mug, but for okay, the purpose of this mug. argument, the white mug a, is now a blue, blue mug. mug, right? Yes. The mug, it's blue, it's blue, is absorbing all colors, which are called wavelengths in physics, of light, but it's reflecting blue light, and that's the light 
that I can perceive. Yes. Right? So I can see that and go, oh, that's a blue mark. Now, the really cool thing that, about bioluminescence is a specific protein. So something in your DNA that's coded for, whether it be man-made or found in nature and then man-made or adjusted or whatever, has been created to produce and emit light at a specific colour or wavelength. Uh, this is where I talked about, I wanted to mention, as you did, fireflies. It's the most common thing. <laughs> Do you want a toast? Yeah. So their glow um, is bioluminescent in nature. Theirs is actually called uh, luciferin. Luciferase, yeah. Sorry, that's right, luciferase, because it's an enzyme. Yes. Um, so the way that this actually works is called chemiluminescence. Yes. And it's just a fancy word to pretty much say that it's converting one chemical form of energy into a radiant form of energy. So in terms of the fireflies, the luciferase is breaking down the luciferin yes. uh, protein and it makes it emit a colour. Um, and that's what you can see. Yes. So because it's almost... Oh, may I uh, just yes, quickly add in? The reason why is because luciferase binds oxygen and luciferin together. Yes. And it's a... What's, there's, a there's a reaction for that. I can't... Like, what's a, that enzyme... Fun, class. There's a class of that enzyme where it takes two things and adds them together. It's not a hyd, hyd, hydrolase. No, it's not hyd- Is it hydrolase? You think hydrolysis. No, no, because no, there's, there's ly- lysases, hydrolases. There's like six classes of enzyme. Um, but that's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you find it? I'm, I'm, you get I'm, what I mean, right? I'm just having to there's think. lysases, amylases. Um, um, oh, protease. So you've it. got amylase, protease, and lipase. No, 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 no. That's yeah. incorrect. There's six classes of enzyme. Well, yes. Oh, Matt is going to be so pissed off at me. I aced this on my exam two years ago. Yeah, so I'm not an essentially you have oxoreductases, oh, yes. transferases, hydrolases. Yes. So essentially... But there's one enzyme... What's the yeah, name of the, what's the enzyme ligases, class where they take two... Uh, two substrate. That's it. They take two substrates yeah. and they make your product. So just to quickly break this down, just in, pa- in case people were interested... You know, obviously we're going to have a bit of fun and games with this, but um, in all sensibility, the enzyme categories and their functions follow. You have oxoreductases. The function of these are oxidation reduction 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 reactions. You have hydrolases, um, and these it's essentially a hydrolysis reaction, which is the transfer of a functional group to water. Yep. You have transferases, which are group transfers. So that can be anything from an yeah. amine or whatever. It's exactly. very, very basic again. You have isomerases. Um, and that does as you think it just changes. Yeah, isomerase, intramolecular group So transfer. you're just changing where stuff is on the branch yes. of the actual molecule. You have lyases. That's it. It's yeah. a ligase. Which is I'm such an idiot. the removal or the addition of groups to form double So you're bonds. basically taking one or two things and making yes. it one thing. So you're joining molecules together. Yes. And then there's... Did we miss one? No, I think we've got oxidoreductases, transferases, hydrolases, lyases, isomerases, and ligases. Sorry, ignore me. Yeah. So So it's a ligase. Yeah. Right? So that's what goes on in the firefly. Cool. Uh, So because it's... Because uh, chemiluminescence is almost 100% chemically efficient, that means that little to no heat is produced. Yeah, just light. And because of that reason, they call it cold light... Um, because that's not scientific term enough, they call it luminescence. Yeah. And did you know that the firefly 
is the most, well, it has the ability to produce the most efficient light in the world. It essentially emits 100% of its mm. energy as light. Mm -hmm. So... Why aren't we harnessing any of that for light? Exactly. And stuff? Um, so, basically, to put this in kind of what is more common, and as we talk about you guys all, it makes more sense, I guess. Yeah. Uh, knowledge more kind of common. Uh, it's estimated that 76% of... This, where I read it in that geo, they're like, 76% of ocean animals are bioluminescent. And I was like, uh-uh-uh, what you mean is you estimate that 76% of known or yeah. identified animals yeah. in uh, ocean animals are bioluminescent. So I'm sorry there, Nat Geo. Yeah. Uh, marine creatures rely on bioluminescence for a lot of things. Um, Nat Geo actually has a beautiful infographic that I can link. And they say uh, for they utilize it for communication, finding prey, camouflage, uh, defense, defense, offense. Yeah. Sorry, defense, yeah. uh, surveillance. Um, it's also it's so important in marine animals that the trait has evolved twenty seven times in ray finned fishes alone, yeah. and that's actually very unique. So it means that these groups were not. Their species dif differentiated, so they're not mating together. They within their own, let's call them clans, have evolved at twenty-seven times because that's how important this trait is. Yeah. Um. So in the marine world, I figured that the best example would be the angelfish. So you yeah. know, in Finding Nemo, um, how Dory and the dad are swimming in the deep sea looking for Nemo, yeah. and then there's a bright light, and Dory's like. Ooh, let's go swim to it. Ooh, and then this terrifying monster, right? Swimming, yep. That is called an, ang an anglefish. Yeah, anglefish. And so that's like the most, I figured, common. Yeah. Uh, its teeth are just... Uh, that's, that's what scares me, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, and it's got just... How big are they? The anglefish? Yeah. Um, let's... Yeah, let's look Sorry, that up. this is a podcast of detours. <laughs> so, um. Is yeah. it anglefish? I thought it, they were called anglefish. Uh, they are, right? Yeah, anglefish, anglefish glow in the dark, but it's a different kind of. That particular one, what you're looking at. Oh, lanternfish. Yeah, there's the lanternfish. Yeah. But. The angelfish or angelfish. No, not angelfish. No, I'm but angelfish angel glow in the dark. Yeah, but that's not what I was talking about. No, they're fluorescent. I was talking about the ones that have the bait. And you know why they're fluorescent? Them, you know, because... For prey, they want to look like a bigger animal. No, because... And in school, they want to flip like they look like a bigger animal. A company animal. in Taiwan oh. created ornamental fish. Oh, they created fluorescent angelfish to be sold as pets. So that's not traditional bioluminescence. That is fluorescence. Manufactured. Manufactured. Laboratory manufactured. Yes. Yeah. So that's not bioluminescence. And I'm not saying we stand by that. No, if yeah. it was a tree that was plant, you know, made to be super absorbent of carbon, carbon emissions and fluoresce like a light post. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I had no idea about until I had to research this episode of the podcast was that freshwater animals are not big users of bioluminescence at no. all and it's re scientists reason that this could be could be two main reasons why um and one is that freshwater habitats have not been around for as long as marine habitats no. so because we know that evolution is a slow process it means that 
freshwater fish just don't have the biodiversity that oceans have. And that makes sense where we're talking about, oh, it's evolved 27 times in this one kind of group of fish alone. Yep. In, you know, in, I guess, uh, saltwater fish. And a second reason is that maybe freshwater species wouldn't really benefit from bioluminescence because that water is typically murkier um, as opposed to like an ocean where <laughs> not so much now anymore in modern days with all the dumping that's going on. Um, but deep sea uses, you know, we have that as well where it's in the dark, um, but we're forever in fresh, however, in freshwater, they they think that stuff like, you know how catfish have whiskers? Yes. It may be just a different kind of sensory adaptation. So it's more worried about touch as opposed to light. Yes. So feel like a different kind of sensory simulation. So touching something as opposed to seeing something um, to be able to hunt and defend your environment. So there's this doctor, uh, Eddie Widler, and he's a marine biologist, and he's also the founder of Ocean Research Conservation Association. And he states that this is because few bioluminescent fish can tolerate low salinity. Yeah. So it's actually down to their osmolarity. Uh, so the only known example of bioluminescence in a freshwater animal is Latia neritodes. <laughs> and it's a limpet-like snail. So it's basically a snail that pretty much looks jet black and has some orange speckles to it. And it's native to uh, streams in New Zealand. And it emits a glowing slime in defense to ward off potential predators. So it itself is not bioluminescent, but what it releases or secretes is. And it looks so cool. But again, I'm not encouraging anyone to go out, steal any of these. Um, watch documentaries, look at pictures. If you see one in the wild, that's great. But, you know, don't disturb them. Um, I just thought it was really cool. There may be other examples that I missed. So if so, please be sure to let us know. Yeah. Um, the one that's most kind of applicable to us and where we kind of come in as scientists we're predominantly in the bioimaging field yeah uh so the most famous and groundbreaking example in science is green fluorescent protein and we affectionately refer to it as gfp again if you want a specific episode topic about it that goes in depth please be sure to let us know yes and trivia about the gfp the gfp was actually identified in a jellyfish called aquaria victoria I was getting to that, but yes, thank you. Because I've got a pun. <laughs> What's your pun? And it's more. Is it punny? I hopefully think so. <laughs> it's going back to what you were saying about Finding Nemo. Yes. And he, he does. I've with been it. hanging on this, but he does with it. Okay. Um, would hypothetically uh, this mean that jellyfish are sad most of the time, and that's all? They're always gloomy because there's no peanut butterfish. That's actually really good. It's not a laughing joke. It's more like a riddle. Yeah. But so, I get it. <laughs> so <laughs> Peanut butter jelly time. Peanut, peanut butter, butter jelly, jelly time. time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, but also, just quickly too. I, Go, hit us with I, it. I this just is your find, podcast too, mate. Yeah, GFP is um, one of those things that has revolutionized science in the sense. And That's also, what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I want to get into stuff that we actually talk about as yeah, well, right? But if people want, don't want to hear it, uh, we'll just tell you to skip that episode that particular week. But if anyone really wants to hear about it, I'll move it up in my schedule, if yep. that makes sense, my research schedule, because I plan things out a little bit. But I don't care if someone wants me to move things around. Just let us know what you want to hear. Uh, so basically, getting back to GFP, uh, Roger Y. Thiessen, uh, Osamu Shimura, and Martin Shalfi were awarded the 2008 Nobel Prize in Chemistry on the 10th of October, 2008, for their discovery and their development of GFP. Uh, it emits a 
bright green fluorescence, hence why the green, when it's exposed to light in the blue ultraviolet um, wavelength. Uh, although many other marine organisms have similar green uh, fluorescent or bioluminescence. GFP traditionally refers to the protein that, as Michael said, uh, is, was first isolated from the jellyfish Aquaria Victoria. And if you ask us how important that is to know in biology, it's literally an exam question in every biochem exam. If you don't know this... You literally... They you kick you out marks. of the program. This is key... Um, knowledge. Key basic knowledge. knowledge. You need to do this to do any kind of protein expression so whatsoever. we talk we can talk that's why i was saying like we yeah. talk about this because unfortunately if i develop alzheimer's these are the stupid things that i'm gonna remember that i don't really need to know um so a little bit more just about gfp in case anyone's interested it's what's termed a reporter gene so you can attach it to genes that you're stuttering uh it can be identified and measured generally by fluorescence it allows you to trace and monitor activity of a gene that you're studying in particular so you can track its expression in a cell uh its interaction with other chemicals or other proteins um i don't want to talk about it too much just put a couple of sentences here in case you didn't want to but you did a lot of protein expression uh yes so essentially what i was using was bacteria to express um essentially in layman's terms um, to make a specific protein. Yep. So essentially, I want to see where this protein is. So yep. I tag. Where it lives in a cell, pretty much. Yeah. So, so you know the cell makes it, but where does the cell put it? Yeah. So essentially, um, I add the GFP molecule um, or protein sequence to the protein that I want to express. So it's tagged. And then that way I can grow or could watch um, when the colonies, I can look at them and choose only the colonies of bacteria that made this specific visually, protein point out because visually. visually because also what would happen too is you'd make so essentially you'd tag the cells with the gfp but they'd also have an antibiotic resistance um element to it element so what would happen uh, ampicillin. is yeah, yeah ampicillin so you'd expose these agar plates to ampicillin it would kill off the bacteria without the tag and essentially what you would have the, left the hypothetically is just the bacteria the expressing the protein of interest and the tag. Yeah. So then, essentially, you you're, can... You're not 100% guaranteed, but you're a lot yeah. more confident that the cells you're grabbing yeah. are. Um, and you did a lot of staining and stuff with confocal. Yeah, so um, I did a lot of live imaging. Yeah. So there tracking are... Tracking it in real time under a microscope. Yes. So GFP is extremely common. Every, I suppose... Every lab science, has it. Every lab has it. Every it scientist is going to use it at ways. some point in their career. Yeah. Um, and there are multiple colors as well. Yes. You know, you can do all sorts. If you can, For instance, if you follow the RGB curve, you can put a lot There's in. There's a ton. There's a ton. Um, so my job, or studying, kind of a job now that <laughs> if they're paying you money to do it, <laughs> it's a job. Um, so 50% of my work is bioimaging. Um, a part of that is me actually watching mice and then and like analyzing that data on recorded footage and the other part of bioimaging is again except i do it in sections of tissue um so massive 30 microns so was it 0.30 yeah. uh section you know centimeter thick yeah 30. sections uh 
and basically I have these thick sections of tissue. I chuck specific antibodies on them and they look for a specific protein that I'm looking for. So if I want to look for neurons, I'll chuck something that's specific for neurons on there. Theoretically, hopefully they should bind. And then I add a second antibody that's specific for the first antibody that I put down. And attached to that is the reporter color. Uh, if I want green, I'll put a green. I actually use uh, typically 488, which is the wavelength that we were talking about. Instead of saying, oh, it's this specific color being green. 488 is what we call it in the lab so that shows up as green and typically the thing that I'm looking for whether it be platelets or whatever because my lab our lab primarily focuses on yeah. platelets um, and because they're a lot smaller it's a lot easier to track so I use them because it's the unknown and then I also use red uh, so we have a few of those in the lab we have 547 uh, we have is it 599 yeah for all we've got like we've also got far red which is like other stuff and 647 which um you can make purple yeah so you can and then there's also um which what i'll be doing next year and that's multiplex immunohistochemistry so you can stain for six things at once which is hopefully going to look so amazing uh so basically that's what i do i chuck all the specific colors that i want on there i chuck it under a fluorescent microscope and then I see where the colors are and so therefore where the protein is. And then I take it one step further than that. And then I actually 3D reconstruct the image that I've taken or the stack, if you will, or series of images. And I reconstruct them and recreate it digitally based on what the bioluminescence was. And I guess for people who aren't scientists, it's not really great and interesting. But it's pretty cool. I think it's cool. It's But the thing that makes it really cool is... What they what have they done with mice? Uh, I had fur. The fur, same as um, frogs. And yeah. what you can do is it goes through when they grow, and, and then you can, you can actually look at them in real time. Mm. And this is where you can do in vitro and in vivo studies yeah. of um, animals. If you well, that's what our yeah. lab is typically yeah. in vitro. Yeah. Um, so again, another thing that I spoke about in the beginning that I had no idea about was you can use bioluminescence as a monitoring tool in bioremediation. So this, for example, one is like the best way to describe this is there's a man-made event. Uh, let's take into consideration something like an oil spill in the ocean or leftover toxicity at a retired petrol station site. Uh, so you can maybe there's a bacteria or a fungi that is capable of metabolizing or breaking down some of those toxic compounds whether it be in the soil or for example on the surface of the ocean right yeah. let's just use that as a hypothetical example and so um, hopefully you you want the organism to be able to break down those compounds and you want to monitor it using bioluminescence yes um, so I actually went to PubMed and I found just this one specific paper, and I'm highlighting this one as the example because it's the most common, like, it had the most um, impact. Yep. So that means it's been cited the most, it's been read the most. Yep. And it's titled Bioremediation of Contaminated Soils by Hydrocarbons Degrading Bacteria and Decontamination Control. I'm not going to read the whole abstract, but it was written by Stefano um, Girotti et al., uh, what have we got here? It was in Soil Chemical Pollution Risk Assessment Remediation Security, pages 369 to 383. Um, shit, I'm so sorry. I cropped out this DOI. Also, I'm just quickly too, for people who are interested, there's actually two types of bioremediation. You have what is known as phytoremediation and so that means microremediation. Light. Myco being uh, fungi. Yeah. Um, so just highlighting the first sentence of this 
abstract of this paper. Uh, in this study, three strains of Vibrio marine bioluminescent bacteria have been employed to measure the biotoxicity of hydrocarbon contaminated soils from oil terminals. So what that means is they've taken three marine species of bioluminescent bacteria and then they've chucked them in contaminated or in soil that had been contaminated by um, again like a petrol station site and they monitored them so the bacteria were placed at the site they were left to habituate for four months and then the soil was tested for contaminants and the levels of biofluorescence and compared to what the soil was like before the treatment started um, so I think that that's you know really cool it's not really put out there because a lot of people don't feel good about no. You know, they equate it to a lot of like, oh, look at Australia releasing rabbits to curb. What were they trying to curb? No, they released cane toads to curb carp. No, carp was for something else. Um, what was carp released for? Well, carp is a pest. Yeah, but they were, it, ca- they it was brought. It was introduced by the French as food. Yeah. However, the carp destroy local river because networks. Because they make it all They're murky bottom and feeders shit, right? and they disrupt the cod. Cane toads were released for what reason again? Uh, all right. Let, uh, I should. Yeah. Um, what is it? Yeah, because carp are freshwater. Um, but they're, I think they're like native to Europe. Oh, because uh, sugarcane was a big crop in Australia. And so they've released uh, cane toads to curb cane beetles. But then after the cane beetles had all gone, the cane toads evolved to yeah. uh, be pests, right? Yeah. So pay, in that kind of light, and there's different stories around all around the world, um, people are very not happy about using no. kind of mass release project. No. It's not so much a mass release project, but people are kind of worried about projects of this nature, if that makes sense. So while there is evidence to suggest it could be useful... Um, like, I think it would be safer if, say, they dug out all... I don't know, imagine how many millions of dollars that would cost, right? Dug out all the dirt, chucked it in a vat, and then chucked the bacteria in there and mixed it over and monitored it and then treated the dirt and then put it back. And on the topic of wiping out species, another thing that people... Like, especially in America, this is an American thing, uh, boll weevils, uh, cotton farms. So, essentially, there's... Yeah. there's. I'm not going to go further, but boll weevils... Uh, people change crops and they actually make crops, GMO crops. And then they evolve. And they evolve. And they get worse. So essentially, and then they have, um, what do they call them? Buffer crops. Yes. So, so the idea is, like, say you have the safe one where you don't want the bugs to go, but then between that and the next row, you have the buffer crop. Yep, so they so can that way thrive. the bacteria will, not the bacteria, so the beetles will move to that crop specifically yep. and infect that crop specifically. Because you don't want to get a speciation you event. Evolution. No. Yeah. So, uh and unfortunately, yeah. when they introduced the, the carp, the carp just decimated the cod population. Cod populations have dropped. So, But you can eat carp. People actually eat carp. They capture mm. these massive Apparently carp and put it in Apparently, you soak it in milk for and put, a while. And put it in bathtubs. Yeah, to, so you like, let it clear out, out the, out the yeah. shit. Yeah. And then apparently you... Literally. And then you apparently you cut it, you fillet it, and you soak it in milk. Yeah. I've never done it myself, but apparently that's what you do. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, no, my... Mum's dad, my mum's dad used to go where you used to live yeah. to fish there so, to get carp. So oof. that's why when my when you tell my grandmother where you lived and your farm yeah. and stuff, she's like, "Oh yes, my husband yeah. went here camping for camping." Yeah. So anyway, sorry to get back to bioluminescence. So more recently, bioluminescence has evolved from a laboratory tool to commerciality, 
And let's just say there's a lot of scams. Yeah. I'm highlighting two specifically today. So I had heard about this years ago, literally. So there was one Kickstarter that um, f- that funded a San Francisco-based project called Gl- the Glowing Plant Project. Sorry, the Glowing Plant Project. And so what they wanted to offer was customers a DIY kit where they could, on their own, genetically engineer a uh, Aridopsis plant to use at home. Now, an Aridopsis plant is what's called a model organism. If you're going to look at anything that, you know, is a plant... If you're researching plants in the lab, one of the first plant species you're going to use is Aridopsis. So it's one of the most basic things you can do. You did that in one of your semesters. I did that. So that's the idea. It's like one of the most basic plants. It's very hardy. Hence why it's good for research. And so um, I chased their Kickstarter. I'm not going to link it because, again, it's all a scam. But when I went to their Kickstarter, ask me how... think Guesstimate how much money they made, they that they raised for their Kickstarter. Uh, I'm going to say 500000 Actually, really close. $484,030. Shit. Um, and they had a goal of $65,000, right? So keep that in mind. They said that they needed $65,000 to figure out how to make these kits, right? And they received well, well over, you know, what they needed. Approximately 8,433 people were scammed. So at that point, I didn't know that. So I noticed that the campaign had not been updated since the 12th of December, 2017. They linked their Etsy store, and um, so you know what Etsy is, right? It's yeah. like the arts and crafts version of um, eBay. That's where I buy all the D and D stuff and our dice from, like our yep. custom shit, right? Um, so the Etsy store link was no longer the Etsy anymore. It redirected to glowingplant.com. But then you know when the link breaks and it's like yep. the server cannot connect to whatever it is because the link doesn't exist anymore. And then I did some digging and found that Business Insider covered this whole story in August of 2017. Um, again, the paper was called Glowing Plant Kickstarter Campaign or Balamos. Um, so just to pretty much paraphrase the story, uh, this is me taking it from their paper. Um, sorry, the article. Uh, after a series of missteps, the creators gave up on their idea of making genetically modified glowing plants and turned their attention to GMO-scented moss. Now the moss is available for purchase, but some backers of a glowing plant project are still unhappy. So, the Kickstarter was pretty much, uh, and then it goes on saying like it attracted, but the Kickstarter attracted boatloads of supporters. It fizzled out after hitting and surpassing the fundraising goal. Um, the people behind the failed campaign had no real plan for getting out their product, what they were developing, into the large numbers of... You know, we're talking almost 9,000 people who had pledged money to which this is... project, which is devastating, right? So, hypothetically, we are not liking this moss. No, we're not liking this moss. And this was even before it was a moss, and right? just in case you're wondering, I did, in fact, say lichen, L-I-C-H-E-N, then, not liking, lichen. Uh, yeah, yeah, bad pun. So, pretty much, it was labelled a sham. Uh, so, after that, they raised, again, like we said, nearly half a million dollars to create their Adopsis plant to glow, but that didn't work. Uh, they never prom- They never delivered what they promised. And the person, the CEO, who was behind the, t- the 
Kickstarter. And at the time, he was CEO of Taxa Biotechnologies. Um, I haven't looked to see if that's still around. I hope it's not. And his quote was, it was too ambitious, ambitious for what's possible with synthetic biology at the moment. So, they had all this money, right? They needed to save face. Oh, heck yeah. So, then it went from the glowing plant to scented moss. Yeah, right. So, a couple months after that, you know, people weren't really happy, so they decided to use the money for something else. I found, if you go down the Kickstarter page, you can find this other link, and it's, I'm not going to tell you what it is because I don't want you to go to it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Not that you can give them your money anymore, but I don't want to give them, all right, it's Orbella Moss, right? Yeah. And it was some really weird WordPress blog, like, it was creepy. There were only four posts on there, apart from their contact, and to contact them, it wasn't like a proper email address to email them. It was like, you know how you have to fill out a form yeah. and then all that stuff? So you can't directly contact them personally. You have to. It has to be a, like a... It's directed through their webpage. So you don't know what the email address is unless they respond to you. And you know no one's going to be responding if they're shut down. One of the four posts, I think it was the second one, you have to scroll down, was like... Like a certain amount of plant, I can't remember if it was like top five or top six or top ten plants that you can put around your home. As I'm not going to use the words they use, but as an aphrodisiac scent, oh, if you get what I mean. I felt so uncomfortable. I'm so sorry to the ASIO agent who monitors my, my internet. <laughs> uh, I hope I'm doing him proud. Um, and then at the end of the day, I couldn't find any link to buy the moss anywhere. So it was a scam that they covered with another scam, right? And that's as far as that one goes. And so there's a second bioluminescent scam, scam, again, another California-based company. This one was called Biopop. And they tried to release what... So you know how there's these sea monkeys, right? Yeah. But it's actually brine shrimp. They tried to make them fluorescent, using uh. biofluorescence, right? Except they called it the Dino Pet. So instead of having a bowl that you're supposed to put it in, it was like a bronchosaurus, oh, but a plasticky-looking one. Uh. Right? Hence, Dino Pet. Um, sorry, it was in a Patrosaurus-shaped aquarium yeah. filled with the plankton um, called Dino Flagellates, hence the Dino Pet. And so during the day, you're supposed to have it, obviously not in direct sunlight because you don't want them to boil in the water. But the idea is that they would... So they're not true um, luminescence, bioluminescence. It's no. the photosynthetic bioluminescence that you referenced earlier, right? Yeah. So they're there to... They make the light like a plant does. They photosynthesize. Yep. So they don't make the light. They utilize the light, in like what the planet uses chloroplast for, right? And then at night, periodically, it's dark. Uh, if you switch off all the lights, you should see it, like, and apparently give the aquarium a good shake, is what they said. That's not me saying it. That's yeah, what they said. Um... And your giant flagellates will light up turqu uh, turquoise. So I looked up their website. Um, again, I'm going to say its name because you can't actually pledge any money. So it's not like I'm directing anyone yeah. to the scam. Uh, Biopop.com. And this is a message. Thank you for visiting our site. However, we have closed for business and will no longer be selling or supporting Biopop products, nor taking any additional orders. We have enjoyed being able to bring to people interactive and living products that inspire connectivity and the natural world and hope that an appreciation for biological science continues to awaken the imaginations in minds of all generations. Their social medias, Instagrams and shit, are still not, like, shut off, closed, 
deactivated, everything still links to this website. Jeez. But at least you can't spend money. So there's another fail there. Yep. Um, Dude, this one was right up your alley. Apparently, bioluminescence has played a part in modern warfare. Yeah. Bioluminescent organisms aided in the sinking of the last German U-boat during World War One in November of 1918. So a submarine, the submarine was reported to have sailed through some bioluminescent so plumage. So the bacteria were in the ocean, like what we talked about before. Um, and it was pretty much dragged through. Yeah. And that pretty much left a glowing wake behind it, which the Allies were able to track. And there was another instance where in the aftermath of uh, one of the bloodiest battles in the American Civil War at Shiloh, uh, wounds of some of the injured soldiers began to glow. And it was reported that these glowing wounds healed more quickly and cleanly. And this phenomenon was labelled Angel's Glow. Um, it was probably produced by Phorobatus luminescence, which is a soil-dwelling bacterium, and it releases microbial compounds. So uh, that's where you get your your resistance like your ampicillin that's where you actually get antibiotics from yeah and that would make sense being decades ago decades centuries ago because uh, yeah antibacterial resistance wasn't around then um so that was thought to have protected the soldiers from infection and i'm questioning why this hasn't been used in medicine today i'm guessing because you can technically synthesize the anti like microbials yeah so the the Antibiotics on their own. You don't need to chuck the bacteria on there. But like, could you imagine if that was a thing and it helped? Yeah, that'd be. I mean, people use slugs. People use other weird shit. I mean, people fucking eating flatworms to fucking make themselves thin. You know what I mean? There's the stupidest shit out there. Oh yeah. Um. So the last little bit. If you want to see bioluminescence out there in the wild, right? And you don't want to, you know affect any sort of biosystem like the poor little snails i'm not saying go there and pick them up that is not what i'm saying no. i'm saying looking into the image um if you're lucky enough and you do see one that doesn't mean you steal it no. all right uh so if you want to see some bioluminescence and you don't want to really you know affect nature um i don't know about you but i don't want to have to swim deep enough to go see one of them grumpy fish that no. dory and nemo's dad had to go see uh, so there's this species called the Noctilia scintillans. It's known as sea sparkle. It's a microscopic organism, um, and it produces flashes of light in response to physical disturbances and waves breaking the shore, or, for example, when a stone is f- thrown into the bloom. So it's like surveillance. Um, and so there are five bioluminescent bays in the world that um, are, what's that word I'm looking for? Inoculated with this kind of um, bacteria. And this phytoplankton, sorry, not bacteria. Uh, so there's the Luminous Lagoon in Jamaica, Halong Bay in Vietnam, and there are three in Puerto Rico, so the Laguna Grande, uh, La Pu- Pu- Paraguera, and Mosquito Bay, which I'm sorry, I'm not going to Mosquito Bay. And they've also... Australia gets a lot of blooms because of our... Especially in Melbourne, because um, of our hot, cold temperatures and stuff. So every yeah. now and again, as well as um, in Tassie, yeah. there are um, some blooms. It's just the barrier reef. Just Even a lot of lakes, there's um, lots of lakes that... Because so you can go to um, smartertravel.com and you can actually see images of what all these beaches look like if that's what you're interested in. And yeah, that's kind of where my research ended. One quick thing, back to bioremediation, only yeah. because I find it fascinating. And 
we mentioned three types. So we mentioned microbial bioremediation. Micro. Um, yep. So microbioremediation. So that's a fungi one. Essentially, micro is to use microorganisms, and they what essentially they do is they break down the contaminants as and because they use it as a food source. The second one or third one, whichever order you wanted in, um, which was phytoremediation. And what they do is they use plants which bind, extract, and clean up pollutants. Um, and these pollutants could be things like pesticides, um, metals, oh, well, more petroleum-based. Um, so petro because obviously oil spills and stuff. Um, petroleum, hydrocarbons, uh, chlorinated solvents, metals, that sort of stuff. And mycoremediation, which is um, fungi. And what the fungi does, um, it uses digestive enzymes to break down contaminants um, like hydrocarbons, pesticides, and heavy metals. And the beauty about this is you can also switch it into crime scene cleanups. So you can use bioremediation to clean up a crime scene. So, um, and this is obviously after testing has been done. Yeah. Now, also, too, I'll be clear, the, there's no overlap. Um, it's either one fields. or the other. It's one or the other. It's either bioremediation yeah. um, in a crime scene or bioremediation for an oil spill. Yeah. It's it's a you different kind of You don't use the same cleanup. bacteria for no. each setting. It needs to be specific for the job you wanted to do. Yeah. And the thing about um, because we've been reading a lot of true crime and listening to true crime. Can I crime, ask you a question? Sure. Does it deal with bioremediation in a crime scene? Right. When you're done. No. You go. You go. No. When you're done. Okay. Um, but I, know, I just wanted to quickly say that at the end of the day, the whole cleanup process is to reduce the amount of, um, I suppose, negative and harmful effects of you know, animal health and environmental. If there's something infectious in there, you want to get rid of it. Basically. And the interesting thing, once you go down this rabbit hole, um, there, there's a lot of oil spill bioremediation companies, yeah. and a lot of them yeah. American based. Um, <coughs> no offense to any Americans. I'm not saying yeah. it's you. I'm so, saying it's some of the corrupt companies that. And there's a use lot out you. of Dallas, Texas, Pasadena, you know Houston. You know why? Because they're all the city, the bays where yeah. the oil rigs, you have to go out of like Louisiana and shit. There's one in Australia. It's called the Grow Company. Oh, fuck no. So um, they're a supplier of oil spill bioremediation. Um, so I'm going to say the Australian one because a lot of the Americans listening to this will know mm. all of these ones. Um, but yeah, so. Go for us Aussies. Um, either that or you just get a kangaroo and um, with a flamethrower and some maybe a snorkel. Apologies for my stupidity. But apart from like warships that have sunk and whatnot and like dumb people doing dumb shit on Australia Day, have there been any massive oil spills in Australia? Um. To the degree of like... Obviously we're talking about dredging, which is a separate thing. But um, is there anything sort of like... Uh, what's the one? The one that was out of Louisiana, the, the movie, uh, event. Not no, oh, fuck. It's not, it's not Event Horizon. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, oh, Deepwater Horizon. Is there anything that's yeah. equal to Australia? Like, has anything like that happened in Australia? Yeah, we've had. Um, Maybe it's just before my time. Hence, where I'm. We've had like offshore oil wells leaking. Um, there was a massive spill in 2016. I, ignore me, I'm a fucking um, It was something like a ten and a half thousand litre spill or something. 2009, cargo ship Pacific Adventure leaked more than 27 tonnes of oil fuel in the Gold Coast. Fuck. Yeah, so... Now, obviously, oil spills aren't exactly what you want because when it hits birds, 
it gets on, it, it disrupts the, the oils. You can't and, clean anything because as soon as you're like, oh, I've scrubbed this rock, the water's going to come back, wash up. Yeah. So, woo, yeah, not good. Um, so, I have one question. You yes. mentioned true crime. You know what? We love true crime, but I'm not saying I want to start with Chris Watts' story. But can we like work up to it? Sure. Can we start with easier stuff like where people have gone missing, but it wasn't so nefarious, and then they've been found, and then make it like a slow build to tougher shit. Yeah. And talking about tough shit, just before we do, I didn't mention the name of the bacteria, but what was it? It was oh, well, some of them are Alcanivorax or Methylacellus sylvestris. Meth? Does that mean use methane? Unless it's breaking down methyl groups. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess so. Cool. There you go. Um, I have an update on uh, the Chilean plane. Um, updated two hours ago, so when we started recording this, pretty much. Uh, so they lost contact about four hours after the plane took off. And basically, the Air Force where the plane left from, they told media that the plane, so the Chilean Air Force, they told media that the plane did not activate any distress signal. Uh, the pilot of the plane has extensive experience. Maybe he was forced to touch down on water. Um, they're estimated to have been about 450 miles, which is 725 k's um, out, if that makes sense. And where they're traveling, there's literally nowhere to go. It's just open water. Great. Um, so they were pretty much 450 miles out of their 770-mile journey, so a little over halfway, I think. Yeah. A little yeah. over halfway? Yeah, it's a little over halfway. Um, they're somewhere in the Drake Passage, if that means anything to anyone. Um, they've published tons of maps on the internet, specifically Twitter. This passage is a body of water, water connecting the South Atlantic and South Pacific Oceans. Treacherous weather conditions are always reported. Uh, the Air Force says that the local weather was decent at the time the crash... Oh, sorry, at the time the plane disappeared. So if it crashed... Um, Fingers crossed there, yeah. you know, they're all right. Uh, apparently, they would have had enough fuel to keep them going until 040. Uh, so, what is that, like two, three hours after they're expected to arrive? So, hopefully, they're just taking a detour. Um, upon on board, they have three Chilean soldier passengers, two, a civil, two civilians employed by engineering and construction firm in Prosa, and they were going to carry out work on the military base. One is a student from Margellum's University and other 15 passengers and members of the Air Force, as well as obviously 17 crew members that we talked about earlier. Air Force is contacting every. This is the Chilean Air Force. They're contacting everyone, the families of everyone, and I'm assuming they would have done that by now. Um, Air Force General Francisco Torres said that the search for the plane has begun began immediately um, after it was failed to arrive pretty much at the base in Antarctica. I don't know which base. I wasn't able to find that anywhere. So, eight planes, four ships taking part in the search operation. An initial overflight of the area where communication was lost failed to yield any sign of a missing plane. Uh, rescuers are currently searching within the 60-mile radius of the last point of contact. The president of Chile, uh, Sebastián Pinera, says that he tweeted and said that he's dismayed by the loss. He has travelled to the Air Force base where they pretty much embarked. Um, to monitor the, sh uh, the search, um, as well as with the Defence Minister, uh, Alberto Espina. Uh, 
apparently Chile, which I did not know, controls over 1.2 million square k's, which is 463,000 square miles of Antarctic territory um, and borders land claimed by UK and Argentina. So they operate within this territory. They have nine bases. Um, and that's the most of any country in the world. So Jeez. good luck. Like, with any hope, they're just on some bloody random glacier. Yeah. With food on board and bloody warm clothes. Hopefully the penguins are looking after them. Oh, he's open. You know, oh, I'm not talking shit. Like, this is absolutely terrible. Imagine that. Absolutely terrible. So, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much all I have for you today. Well... That was me, apart from uh, the funny um, jellyfish. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly, jelly time. time. I Peanut love butter jelly, jelly time. Joke. So, um, but yeah, you know, plankton also, you know, is very cool. Yeah, 100%. But, um, yeah. But we, we sort of need to watch a lot more um, documentaries on the deep sea. Deep, deep sea. Deep, deep sea. Deep sea. Deep sea. So, um... Has anyone released footage of what it looks like in the Mariana Trench? Uh, I think they did one where they dropped a robot right at the bottom. And the thing was, they tested the soil and tested the water and found uh, microplastics. Bags. Yeah, microplastics. So, congratulations, humans. We have officially contaminated everything. Yeah. Humans suck. Yeah. But on the bright side, there's also Apocalypse Cow. So yeah, I all I all recommend all recommend. I can't even English go go look up a book called Apocalypse Cow. And if you wish to go further deep further deep into bioluminescence, Google it, have a look because there's some really really cool photos on the net of mm. bioluminescence. Yeah. Good pop left it there. Yep, well um, done. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, before I forget, also good luck to any Year Twelveies in Australia. Um, Victoria. ATAR. Yeah, VCE. Yeah. yeah. Um, from 7am, isn't it? You guys are going to be able to get your marks. So remember, the number does not define you. You can take any track, backdoor, whatever, to get where you want to be in life. It might take you a little bit longer. But if it's what you want, you'll get where you need to go. Good luck to everyone. I hope you all exceed your expectations. And, you know, you do a lot better than what your parents think you would have done. Absolutely. That was a shit time in life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, until then... Au revoir. Au revoir. May the force be with you. And next week, we be talking about uh, Temple of Artemis. Woohoo! So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm about to upload a speed build. Well, you have to edit the speed build. Well, I have to edit the speed build. But it will be, hopefully, up by the time... this. It's Tuesday now. Yeah. The podcast goes up at 4pm on Sunday. Yeah. And uh, just so you know, it's... It's not to be taken seriously, this one. No, it's just for shits and gigs. This one's for shits It's basically to tell you people that you're alive. <laughs> yeah, it's like, tell the people that I'm here. Um, I've bought you a couple of sets of Lego. We've got one up there behind you. Woohoo! And, um, we have a little bit more money coming in this week. So, yeah. So, I'm going to hit up the shops. Yeah. And tell me what kits you want. Yeah. And Because um, the big ticket items are going to go on sale in a couple of weeks. Yeah. But just to get you across the line, to have yeah. some stuff to do. And there are some big ones that are coming, but they're like down. Them, them ones we've got to save for. Because mm. they are huge. I want to get the Voltron one for you. Yes. yes. Yeah. All right, everyone. Oh. That's us. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you have the time and enjoyed us enough, I hate being the person to ask, but please share us with a friend. Yeah. Even though we're stupid. Um, maybe consider giving us a review. 
Yeah. Or um, star rating, whatever it is, wherever you are. Um, uh, and yeah. say hello. We love to talk to people. Yeah, someone say hello. We have, have we actually had anyone say hello yet? We did a year ago. A year ago, yeah. So if you're still there, say hello again. Yeah. Touch base. Um, I haven't been doing it, but remember how we used to ask for questions? Yes. Um, if I haven't posted one, just DM me. Like, my messages are open or email me or whatever you want or post a comment. Ask us a question or if you want a specific topic, like I said. Um, if you want a, a question that you want us to ask... We haven't done it in a while. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. There was the uh, Bitcoin one, and suddenly we started getting emails about you oh know invading Lord. Guam. Jesus Christ! Look, I am not disrespecting Bitcoin, yeah. right? I think Bitcoin is a great, one of the best things, especially in terms of human trafficking and people being exchanged for fucking Bitcoin. And back when I said it in the podcast, people were saying that you're an idiot. You don't know how Bitcoin works. Um, no, you don't know how Bitcoin works. It's actually not anonymous. Yeah. Every time you exchange a Bitcoin, your tag blockchain is the new block, right? Yeah. So even if it's 10,000 blocks, they can subtract all those other blocks and narrow it down. Uh, the military made it. So, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're the people and people are being tracked and rightly fucking so. How dare people be traded for bloody electronic bits of fucking yeah. fake denomination money. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'm not disrespecting Bitcoin. Yeah. Dude, if I had 10 million bits of coins... I would be a very happy camper. Yes. Very happy camper. Yeah. But until then, we're going back to the controllers and couches um, because we are Full Metal and Chicken and Step Fafala at controllers and couches. And yes, this is a controller and a couch. Yes. We said controllers and couches because you use controllers for everything. And yeah, pretty much. we're predominantly couch potatoes on our days off. Yeah. Uh, we play video games on our couches. We read on our couches. We yeah. watch movies we talk about shit. Um, I occasionally sleep on the couch. I listen to a lot of podcasts on our couch. So Yeah. You know what? Stuff it. Stuff it. Do it. So, uh, uh, thank yeah. you so much. Thank you Have for a listening. fantastic week. You too. Thank you. <laughs> and everyone else at home or at yes. work or whatever it is, wherever you are. Yes. You listen, wherever you listen to us. Um, like I said, Temple of Artemis next week. Uh, we'll probably... Can we record that? During the one year, morning's off. Yeah, done. Um, so that way it's ready. Yep. And pre-record a little bit because when you go back to work, because we're getting close to Christmas and you get real busy. Yeah, when we it get comes crazy. Close to Christmas, so. Yeah, cool beans. Done. Fantastic. Bye. Bye. See you later. Au revoir. May the force be with you. And yes, we have cookies. Come to the dark side. Oh, oh, oh. Stop. Stop.